Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Keep up with the latest breaking news in Austin and around the world. Take a moment to make sure you're following us on Twitter at Talk1370. Let the tweeting begin! Just one more way to stay connected with Talk1370. The right choice. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good afternoon, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Today, we're going to just sit back and chat a little bit. But before we chat about current events and before we talk about campus carry on college campuses, well, community colleges to be specific, going into effect this week, I want to talk to you about something that's just bugging me. I spent the majority of my early years voting as a Democrat, which probably isn't that surprising since I'm an American of African descent. Now, then I realized that the Democrats were not fighting for the little guy. Instead, they were the party who think blacks and Hispanics aren't capable of making personal decisions for their own lives. I also realized that blacks and Hispanics were lagging behind in net worth, poverty rates, high incarceration rates, and as such have some of the highest unemployment numbers in Austin, Texas, which is the liberal mecca of this state. Now, we have cities like Austin that have now become prisons for blacks, while the liberals are more concerned about policing people's language and thoughts without requiring them to do anything to fix the problem, liberal college students speak of safe spaces, trigger words, microaggressions, and white privilege while not having to do anything or more importantly, give up anything. They can't even have a conversation without someone who sees the world differently without resorting to calling someone a racist, homophobic, misogynist, bigot, and trying to have them banned from campus, city council meetings, or ruin them and their reputation. They say they feel black people's pain because they took a trip to Africa to help the disadvantaged but are unwilling to sit with blacks in Austin to solve the problems or even have them participate in their meetings. The liberal culture encourages talking about diversity and shaming others for their alleged racism. But many times they themselves work in environments that are not diverse. These same liberals are quick to be against school choice, 
While their kids go to private or well-regarded public schools, many people are quick to espouse the political values of liberalism without having to live with the often harsh reality of those policies. Race, gender, religion, and sexual orientation are such difficult discussions to have, and many of us don't get it right. But my problem with some liberals aren't that they sometimes get it wrong. It's their profound lack of self-awareness coupled with the smugness and self-righteousness that they use to lecture to others. Liberals have hijacked the conversation about diversity, political correctness, and what topics we should be outraged about. When a terrorist attack occurs, the media and liberals rightly remind us that it's unfair to judge an entire religion by the actions of a small minority. But I haven't heard similar statements made in the media about the black and Hispanic community being unfairly judged by the negative actions of a few. The media lectures about intolerance of the right, but is the first to show the smug shot of a young black suspect while showing the much more positive yearbook photo of a young white suspect. In fact, the criminalization of blacks and Hispanics, especially men, has been turned into public policy in large part because of our negative portrayal in the media, which is predominantly filled with liberal voices. For so long as a black American, I have been told that the problem is conservative Republicans. While I'll admit that they may have done little to try to improve black and Hispanic lives, they also don't promise to every election season like the liberals elites. Instead, we have given our loyalty and votes to Democrats who tell us that they want to help us. But we have little to show for it since blacks started voting Democrat back in the 1960s. Every major city controlled by Democrats is going through a gentrification thanks to the demand of young white millennials who want to live in vibrant urban areas. While liberals attend expensive private universities, how many black men are getting pulled into the prison system because of stop and frisk searches in these supposedly liberal cities? How many so-called liberals have really fought for those civil rights violations to be ended? Austin, Texas has a no refusal policy where they draw your blood, but it's also a sanctuary city for undocumented immigrants. It's ironic that the liberal elites proudly proclaim the humanity of deportation, which could break up the families of these immigrants, but they are more than happy to justify the need to send black men and women to prison for minor infractions thus separating the families of American citizens. Where is the outrage for our families? Oh, yeah. And you can take the black and Hispanics vote for granted, so you don't need to do more than pay lip service to our concerns. If the only conversation we're requiring them to have about us is about keeping us out of prison and we're getting less jail time, then we are so far behind that I'm not sure that we will ever catch up. We must take control of the narratives about our issues because liberals are taking are talking about things that may make you feel better but are not improving the quality of life for your family or your community anyone that would tell your children to do something that they wouldn't tell their own child is not your ally 
The truth is that liberalism is about making elites feel better about themselves and their lives without requiring the underlying action of significantly improving the lives of blacks and Hispanics. Liberals posting on Facebook about Black Lives Matter, white privilege and supremacy are not cleansed of their hypocrisy and elitism because they use the right hashtags. I would urge these same people to get off their iPhones and look around to see the issues they ignore in their own lives. If you're one of these people, before you cry out in offense, ask yourselves where you choose to live and how many of your neighbors that you know are people of color. Where do your kids go to school? Who are your friends and your colleagues? Who do you sit next to while you're in your meeting at work? What have you done to change those inequalities? Have you recommended a black friend for a job at your company? Or told them about a house for sale in your neighborhood? Or recommended a talented black child to go to your child's school? Answer these questions honestly. And you'll realize that you might not be who you think you are when it comes to racial issues in this country. Are you a part of the problem? All right. And now let's talk about campus carry on our community colleges here in the state of Texas. On August the 1st of 2017, campus carry will go into effect on community colleges. That means that a person with a handgun license will be able to carry a handgun concealed inside of a building of a college campus that is community college. Now, this went into effect for public universities back in August the 1st of 2016. And it's the same law that went into effect for your public university. So now we have our community colleges like ACC here in Austin, Texas. ACC will now get a chance to allow campus carry on their campus starting Tuesday, August the 1st of 2017. How does that make you feel? Well, apparently some teachers or professors at ACC have stated that they're going to quit. Well, my response to that is don't let the doorknob hit you with a good Lord split you. See, you wouldn't want to be you. Campus carry is for license holders. What we're talking about when it comes to campus carry, you're a license holder in the state of Texas or a license that Texas recognizes. You will be able to conceal carry your handgun inside of a building of a college campus. I always ask my classes, you know, what would you've done? You know, what do you think the law was before campus carry went into effect? So what was the law? So like in July of 2016, what was the law in the state of Texas for college campuses? Well, that person with the handgun license could actually carry that handgun on these streets, sidewalks, walkways, parking lots or garages of a college campus, but they couldn't go into the building. So now that campus carries in effect, that same person that can conceal carry that handgun on the street, sidewalks, walkways, parking lots, garages of a college campus can now walk into the building. And that's all that changed. That's it. Nothing else. So there's no big deal. No problems. No worries. Calm your nerves. Those same people that we say can carry everywhere else in the state of Texas, grocery stores, movie theaters, and every other walks of life. They can now walk into a building of a college campus and carry in those exact same facilities. And people are losing their ever-loving mind. It's going to be okay. 
It's going to be all right. Nothing's going to change. Relax. Calm your nerves. License holders are the most law-abiding people that we have here in the state of Texas. It goes all the way back to 1995. You can look at the stats. Uh, we started our stats back in the state of Texas back in 1995. You said, hey, you know, license holders, they are the most law-abiding people. You can go to the Texas Department of Public Safety's website. You can look on their website. You can look at the conviction rates for license holders. Uh, let's look at 2016. For 2016 in the state of Texas, you had a total of 42,797 total convictions in the state of Texas. That's 42,797 of total convictions for that year. In that year, that 42,797, only 148 were license holders that were convicted of crimes for the year of 2016. That's not even a half a percent. That means that you're not you shouldn't be worried about a license holder. All this talk about worrying about someone walking into a campus and carrying a gun and having a license. That's not the person you need to worry about. Don't need to worry about that license holder. You need to worry about that criminal. License holders are the most law abiding people we have here in the state of Texas. This is Texas, the Lone Star State. You don't like it. Don't let the doorknob hit you with a good door split you. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on guys? It's Chad Jones here and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Texas weather can change on a dime. Flash flooding is expected to begin shortly. When the weather turns severe, turn to us for what you need to know. On air and online at talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Here, when you need us, Talk 1370 is the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, that's right. We're back and we're talking about campus carry on the community colleges, which goes into effect on Tuesday, August the 1st, 2017. Boy, let me tell you, I can't wait. I can't wait for September the 1st of 2017. I can't wait to walk into Austin City Hall carrying a katana, carrying my sword. I'm ready. Let's do this. That's what we're talking about. August 1st, 2017, campus carry will go into effect for community colleges. That is concealed carry, not open carry. You cannot open carry handgun on a college campus. You cannot open carry. You cannot open carry, cannot open carry handgun on a college campus, not even on the streets, sidewalks, walkways, parking lots, or garages. It must be concealed. Simple as that. Now, so what's going on around the world? What's going on in current events? Give me something. Well, we were talking about the uh, whole liberal agenda and their bent on things. And in Australia, they decided to do these blind recruitment trials because they wanted to boost gender equality. But when they did these trials, they actually found that it made things worse. <laughs> so, Go figure. Yeah, they took the applications that were uh, submitted and they basically stripped... All mention of their gender and ethnic background from these. And uh, they actually found that in the trial, when 
A male name was assigned to a candidate that made them 3.2% less likely to get the interview. And when you add a woman's name, it made it 2.9% more likely to get the interview. And when it was an indigenous person who was a woman on the application, they were over 20% more likely to get the interview just from that sole fact. Mm. Now, what about uh, the issue of all this talk of the LGBTQ community trying to get into the military or serving in the military. What are your thoughts about that? Mm, that's a that's a hot topic. Yeah, well, you know. Right now. Let's do this. <laughs> ding, ding. Talk about it. <laughs> it's, it's called come and talk it. Yeah, look at LGBT the... community. Should they serve? Should they be able to serve in the military? Mm. Defend their country? Well, let's look at the what suicide rates. I mean, just if, I'm saying if I was at war, I would want someone. Look closer. If I was at war, I would want someone who's in love with me to fight for me and defend me so I can survive. I want them to die and make sure I make it. But really talking about it, they should be able to serve. <laughs> okay, I got you. You're being a little selfish over there. You're saying, hey, you know, if that person loves me, they will defend me. They will protect me in that foxhole. Is that hey, what you're saying? I want to, I want to make it out of there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But uh, what about you're saying what? You're saying what? Wait, so you want your mother to serve in the military, basically? No, I don't want my mother. Be there. She loves you, right? Granted, my father loves you more than my anyone. father's always said, send the old people because we're smart enough to not just stick our head out there. <laughs> well, should they serve? Yes or no? They should serve. Should they serve? Yes or no? Mm. If what, is, they, what do you think? Mm. T- tell me how you feel. Mm. You don't think so? Why not? <laughs> what are your doubts? Because I think they should serve. So why, why do you feel they, they shouldn't? Well, suicide rates of veterans mm-hmm. is already extremely 22, high. 22 per day. 22 per day. Uh, veterans actually commit suicide. And then look at the transgender population. If you look at the suicide rates there, it's even higher than veterans. Okay. So yeah. what happens when you make a transgender person a veteran? I don't know. You, you, it may change their life for the better. Yeah, you think they will? They may change your life for the better, and they may be what they needed to a good boost in order to become a productive citizen for this society. And then is this going to be some kind of experiment where uh, the people who are serving in the military Honestly, are kind of the the guinea pigs? But there? are you are who are you to judge that it's better for them if we're talking about their own well being? <laughs> if that's their choice, that's their choice as an adult. And honestly, if you, I mean, you have the, the, the intestinal fortitude, you know, to join the military. And then while you're in the military, decide to change your sex, you know, my hat's off to you, you know, because I don't have the intestinal fortitude to do that. You know, my nuts are not big enough for that. I personally don't believe that women should be on the front lines with men. Why not? Because that's not what they're I know made some, to do. I know, some, I know some women that are much more uh, capable of defending themselves or defending someone else or protecting someone else than you are. Oh, yeah. Have you looked at the <laughs> UFC? Ding, ding. Let's do this. What's his name? Fox. Okay. He is uh, transgender. He was male and now switched to female and okay. is fighting in the UFC as a female. And now, he just dominates. Yeah, okay. that, that I have a problem with. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, you have a problem with that, huh? Yeah, that I have a What's problem What's wrong with, with that? That's to me. That's not balanced. That's not fair. That's not. Balanced. What do you mean? That's what, a but we're all equal. You're, you're still, but we're all equal. It's not right? about us being equal. Uh, uh, when it comes to 
competing in competition or something like that. Okay, sports, war is a competition. Yeah, war is when uh-huh. it, everybody can defend themselves when it comes to war and stuff like that. But we're talking about, you're talking about a sport. Okay, you're talk, talking about someone competing with other women or competing with other men for a sport. You We're could not, think of the military as a sport. It's a you against the other team. Uh, well, right? it's real. You have a winner someone, and a loser. Someone actually dies when you lose. Uh-huh, yeah. So, so who do you want on your team? You want a woman <laughs> or a man? Hey, then I'm all for it. What's the uh, I'm all for I'm all for them being on my team then. But when it comes to, you know, the sport, we're talking, you know, playing box, let's say res- wrestling, let's say uh MMA fighting. You know, no, do I want that man who actually changes sex to a female to actually fight other females? No, I don't think that's right. Why? Because the females can't they can they not compete with the men? I I just don't feel like that person should do that. Because unfair, right? Absolutely. Because the man would dominate the woman. Absolutely. So when a woman is right there in the trenches with the other men, she is not quite to that level that they are on. That's not true. You just said it. And That's not true. What you just stated, that the man dominates the woman in these competitions, right? Yeah. In physical hand-to-hand combat. That's part of war right there. That's one element. You're trying to com- you're trying to compare this to like a you know a sporting event versus real life when it comes to you know war or something like that. Those, those are going to be two different things. But it's still you could think of it like that, but the stakes are much higher. And then someone says, "I agree with your guess. Women should not serve with men." I disagree with that. I don't see why women. There's there are a lot of duties. There's a lot of uh, you know cooking. <laughs> That needs to be done. Okay, you're not getting none tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you just cut yourself off. <laughs> the children need to be taken care of. Ooh, you're All not right. getting none. Zero zilch. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm gonna send her a text message right now. He gets none tonight. N o n e none. Men are better than women at certain things, and women are better than men. He don't even deserve things. the hand. He gets none. Men and women are not equal. Contrary to the whole liberal agenda. Okay. They're the feminist agenda. Both have different skill sets they're better at, and they're naturally programmed. And that's, what, and that's what you're sticking to. And war is a man's skill set. Ooh. All right. I didn't say women shouldn't be in combat, but that they do have a different skill set. All right. Hey, that's on you. <laughs> I'm not going there at all. That's totally on you. It's the truth. Somebody said the army recruiter called and had to tell him to hold on. Had to put my phone down to zip up my dress. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> All right. So uh, what about uh, the government paying for the surgery? You know, should the government pay for that surgery? It's that a, person- a voluntary surgery, so no. Hey, but there's something, you know, there's something, you know, they... Some people are, are and, and I, honestly, I don't know should which way... The government to, pay, I don't know which way to go. Should the government pay for breast implants? Um, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know which way to go in this. This is something that I've, you know, tossed around in my head, you know, a, a lot. I just, I just don't know. You know, should the government pay for it? Should the government pay for implants? Should the government pay for, um, what is it? Uh, Viagra, you know, but Viagra is used Vi- for something else. Viagra actually has medical benefits. Correct, because you know, it's used for something if else. If it's used for something that is a measurable medical benefit, then right. fine. But anything that is a cosmetic elective surgery should not be paid for by the government. In fact, it's not covered by insurance any other time. If it's a private insurance, you don't get it covered because it's a elective cosmetic surgery. 
Hmm. But is it a, it's what about civil rights? Isn't it a civil rights issue? How is it a civil rights issue? I don't know. I don't know. No, no, no one's stopping them from getting the surgery. It's you have to provide your own pay for something you want in your life. There, a lot of people compare this to civil rights for some reason. I, and honestly, I don't know. I'm just asking the question. I don't know. Is it? Is it very civil? <laughs> <laughs> Is it very civil? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so make make all women make an all women unit. Someone says make an all woman unit. That, that takes us back to like the sixties, the the women's army. Women corps. don't have units. It, it was the women's army corps, you know. So that takes that take, kind of takes us back. I don't know. You got to call in and explain that one, James. Uh, so you need to call us up and explain that to me. It's five one two six four three five four eight three. That's five one two six four three live. Come and talk. You have to explain that one to me because that takes us back to like the 60s there. So I'm not sure about that one. All right. So what else is going on in the news? What's going on in the gun news? Anything happened today? Because usually something happens while we're on the air and we totally miss it. Well, yeah, there's a uh, smart gun, the Armatics IP1. Yeah, what is this smart gun? What is what is, what is this all about? And so someone, it's someone a gun. Yeah, it's a gun. It comes with a watch. Okay. And you wear the watch. And you can only fire the gun if it's within 10 inches of the watch, supposedly. But there was a hacker, his name was Plor, and <laughs> he was challenged to hack this gun. And he did with a couple magnets and a piece of wood and a screw. He was able to fire the gun with the watch 20 feet away. Ooh, mm -hmm. ouch. That's going to hurt. Yeah. $15. You had to spend on magnets. So he spent fifteen dollars mm -hmm. to to beat the system. Yep. But wow. the watch still had to be twenty feet away. So basically, he built a device for if he managed to take someone's twenty gun away feet. From that's them. a good little distance. Mm -hmm. so that's a more he built a device for if he manages to take someone's gun from them. Yeah, that's a good little distance. That's mm. so there goes that smart technology, huh? <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful with that. Heck, we can't even trust the freaking. Our, our voting machines. <laughs> mm. We can't trust anything. Everything can be hacked. You know, every computer I know of can be hacked. So if you're connected, you know, in any type of way, someone can get access to it. So you got to be careful with all that stuff. Mm -hmm. That smart technology, that's actually, that scared me a little bit. And it really does. I, you know, I mean, I don't know how many times I try to get on my iPhone and try to unlock my phone with my finger and how many times I get denied. You know, it happens a lot. It's like, oh, man, well, let me just put the code in. Yeah, and that happens to me when I'm right in line You're at the airport and I want to get on a plane and pull up my uh, my little boarding pass on my phone. And you can't do it. And then <laughs> it won't open. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so we're going to go to phone lines. Let's go to line one. Line one, you're on with Come and Talking. Hey, you hear me okay? I hear you great. Uh, Amazon, you know, what do you mean back in the 60s? They had women's, but they weren't combat MOSs. Yeah, but they had, you had the Women Army Corps, Army Corps in, in the yeah. military. And Separate. that was like in the 60s and 70s and stuff. The Women Army Corps, remember that? Separate but equal. Yeah, but, but they were not MO, uh, combat MOSs. You're talking about taking us a step back, though. Do we want to go that back that direction? Well, it now, can be considered a step forward if you put them into combat. Now, I can see you're talking about a ranger unit or you're talking about special forces or something like that. I can actually see uh, things of that nature, to be honest with you. A, a Navy unit. we got so many pregnant, uh, pregnant women getting shipped back from overseas. 
I don't. I'm, there's not too many jobs on on a Navy ship that a female can't do. That you know, I I, I don't. Want, it, well, well, uh, put them all on on one. A whole crew, nothing but females. See how they stack up against the male crew. Probably a good, well-running machine. <laughs> well, could be unless they all, you know. I, I think, I, honestly, I think that you'd be afraid to do that because I think the women will outdo the men. One way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of estrogen. I'm just, I know, I'm, just mess, I'm messing with you. I'm just messing with you, James. It, it's really packed in tight. Oh, yeah, I was in the Navy, so I know something about this. You're packed in pretty tight. Right. Okay. Of course, in my day, women weren't allowed on combat ships. Right. But now they are. So, yeah, so, you know, my Lord, what could that be like? Mm, I don't know. USS Love Boat. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I don't know how that's how it's worked out. You know what kind of adjustments they've had to make or whatever. I wouldn't be on, wouldn't want to be on the ship in, at all, <clears throat> to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I found that out, but it's a little too late. But and I don't like the Navy. You know, I, I mean, I, I my, my my hats off to the military. You know, the military. I served in the Army for twelve years. I don't think I can ever serve in the Navy because I I, I can't have. I don't like being on a ship, and that captain has a lot of power, a lot of control, you know, and the, and and the he's leadership. Got U.S. Marine guards too. That's the reason why those guards are always around him. Yeah, that's it's a lot of <laughs> a lot of power, a lot of control. So I don't well, think that's just my two cents on this women in combat thing. Definitely not want to pay for no transgender operations. So you don't think the you that's don't think a lot of money. You don't think the government should be able to, should pay for no. uh, the surgery? That's your money and mine. You talk about when you say the government. Right. And some people say that was well, not really cosmetic surgery. It's something else. No, it's cosmetic surgery. What do you say? Is it cosmetic? I would say it's cosmetic. What is cosmetic? <laughs> yeah. You're altering your appearance drastically. And it's not because it's not something that you need to get done. Yeah, it's not necessary for life saving or. Go ahead, say a little smart comment over there. Yeah, you can just tuck it for free, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's over here suggesting duct tape. <laughs> He's gonna get slapped off the show. I'm telling you now. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm listening in out here. All right. Appreciate you. Well, thank sir. you. Bye bye. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. That yeah, it's, that's a tough one. All right. What else is going on? All right. So we got smart technology that's not as smart. It's it's not in, working. In Oregon, we have Senate Bill 719. Uh oh. And this is a basically it gets rid of due process. And the idea was to prevent suicides. And the whole bill is that if you can be a measurable threat to yourself or the people around you, then a judge can order you to surrender your guns without having you have a trial or anything else. It gives all the power to the judge. Uh-oh. And this has been passed through the House and the Senate in Oregon. Hmm. And then it looks like uh, some hackers may have, have names of thousands of Florida gun owners. So we're going to go... I guess we're going to travel around and talk about some other news that's out there in other states. And we'll talk about Oregon and also the crazy people in Florida because Florida, they got a bunch of crazy people over there. So we'll talk about Florida a little bit and some other places. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. 
Get the latest business news from CNBC. Weekday mornings at 6.30 and 8.30 and weekday afternoons at 12.30, 4.30 and 5.30. We make you smarter. Hopefully it'll also make you some money. Stay connected with Talk 1370, the right choice. Talk 1370, the right choice. The Springfield XTE is the newest polymer pistol in Springfield's lineup. What sets this pistol apart from the other Springfield polymer pistols is that this one has an external hammer, a single action, double action, and also has a thumb safety that also functions as a decocker. The gun comes packaged in a very nice Springfield branded hard case. Inside the case, the phone comes pre-cut with each of the items in the box having their own spot. The pistol ships with two mags, an eight round flush and a nine round extended magazine. They also include two different style base plates. One is flush and the other has a pinky extension. This is so you can either make the eight round magazine flush or add the pinky extension for a full grip. The XTE is comparable in size to the XDS, only being slightly bigger in a couple of spots. The fit and finish on the XTE is really good. The polymer frame is high quality and feels good in the hand. The machining on the slide is very nice and has a positive grip when racking and manipulating the slide. The factory sights are good and easy to pick up with the front post being fiber optic. In the box, you also get more fiber optic rods in case you feel the need to replace one of them or if you want to change from orange to yellow. As we mentioned, this pistol is single action, double action. Double action meaning that the first trigger pull performs two functions. It first cocks the hammer, and as you continue to squeeze it, it fires the gun, making it two distinct actions. Single action means the trigger pull only performs one action, which in this case would be releasing the hammer once the slide is racked or the hammer is cocked. The trigger on this pistol in double action mode is heavy and has a very long pull before it finally breaks. In single action mode, the trigger is less than half the pull of the double action mode, with the trigger breaking really far towards the back of the frame. Having large hands, I prefer the trigger break happen a little more forward. I can say that the trigger pull itself is very smooth in both actions. On our Springfield, the five pull average in double action mode was nine pounds, 9.7 ounces. And the five pull average in single action mode was four pounds, 5.9 ounces. This pistol has something that Springfield calls LES, or low effort slide. They claim it requires 27% less effort to rack the slide. We definitely notice the difference. Racking the slide on this pistol is very smooth and almost effortless. The breakdown on this gun is exactly the same as many of the other XDMs or XDSs. Pull the slide back, lock it in place, twist the takedown lever upwards, pull back on the slide to release it, and now you can pull the slide off. The XDE does not require a trigger pull in order to remove the slide. One thing that we did notice while trying to reassemble the pistol is that the ejector has a little bit of movement to it. And if it's not in the right place while trying to reassemble the slide, you will not be able to put it back together. There's a spring next to the ejector that if you push it over just a hair onto the ejector, it keeps it from moving. But we don't know how long this fix will last. This seems to me like something Springfield should have thought of. If you have ever tried to reassemble a slide in a high stress situation, you know this certainly will not help. After shooting 350 rounds through the XTE, I can say that the gun is accurate and didn't have any issues with the different types of ammo used. To test the pistol, we used Aguila 117 grain jacketed hollow points, Federal 115 grain full metal jacket round nose, Monarch 145 grain steel cased hollow points, and Monarch 115 grain steel cased full metal jacket round nose rounds. Overall, I like the XTE. The only dislikes I have are how long the trigger pull is in double action mode and how far back the brake is in single action mode. The XDE does not have interchangeable back straps, so there's no way for me to change the length of pull. Even then, I'm not sure it would solve the problem for me since the grip is comfortable in my hand as is. Hopefully there will be some aftermarket parts that could fix this in the future. 
in all, I would not hesitate to carry the XTE. And that is the Springfield XDE. And that was tested out by Lone Star Gun Rights. And Justin Delosh there took that sucker to the range and gave us a wonderful review on what he thought about the Springfield XDE. So definitely, you know, check that out in your, in your local gun store like Central Texas Gunworks. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. What else is going on in the news? We're talking about, you said Oregon? Oregon, Senate Bill 719. So what's going on with Oregon? What's that bill about? That bill is taking away due process for taking away, for forcing people to surrender their guns. Ooh. And it gives all the power to a judge if a person can be a threat to themselves or anyone else around them. Is this bill really getting some traction? It has passed the House and Senate, so it's got traction. It's okay, now that's a problem. Okay, so um, now explain this to me. Let, let me make sure I understand this. So you're saying that something happens, a judge can decide to take your guns away for what reason? If you're a threat to yourself or someone else. The idea was it was a suicide prevention bill. Hmm. And what's the NRA, NRA stance on it? Have they said anything about it? I haven't what seen you can find? the NRA said anything on it yet. And it's passed the House and the Senate, huh? Yeah, I don't know about that. Because who says you're a threat to yourself or someone else? A judge, apparently. And that's it? No one else? <laughs> that's it. Uh, no. That that passes for due process nowadays. All right, so I need to do some research on that one because that one that one definitely concerns me. Who has to say so? Oh, here's the NRA's. And then you were talking about Jamie Johnson, country mm -hmm. artist. Jamie Johnson. Yep, Jamie Johnson. So he Jamie was Johnson. supposed to play at House of Blues in South Carolina last week, and he is a Second Amendment advocate right there. So he had his gun, and their policy at the House of Blues was no firearms. And he said, hey, I ain't putting down my gun. And right. I said, okay, well, then you can't play your show. <laughs> and I canceled it. All right, so Jamie Johnson went to the House of Blues. This is in uh, Louisiana? South Carolina. In the Carolinas. North right. Myrtle Beach. Okay, South, South Carolina. So he went to South Carolina, Myrtle Beach there, uh, the House of Blues, to perform a concert. And they said, hey, well, you know what? We have a no-gun policy in the House of Blues. He said, well, no, no, no. Come and take it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not putting my guns down. Yep. And so they said, well, you know what? Your concert's canceled. Really? Yeah, he just wanted to backstage. I don't even think he wanted to bring it out while he played his show. Of course. Mm -hmm. Wow. And they said, no, you can't bring it in at all. They did. And they canceled the entire concert. So they, who's responsible for that? Who had to refund everyone? Did he mention anything about it? Um, they did a little bit. Uh, it said that... <clears throat> Refunds were offered by Ticketmaster and House of Blues. Some fans were really pissed. Uh, others who were they Johnson. mad at? Were they they mad at Jamie Johnson or were they mad at the event the the venue? Mm, I'm sure both. Uh, I'd have been pissed off at the venue, not at Jamie Johnson, because I'm glad he I'm glad he stood his ground. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are some liberals over there that were pissed at Jamie Johnson as well. And you know what? I'm kind of upset myself. I'm upset that you know my. My organizations like Lone Star Gun Rights haven't done an open carry march. I'm kind of upset about that because I think that would solve some of the problems that we have here in Austin. 
know, if, you know, we actually did some open carry marches. We walked down SoCo, South Congress, uh, or, you know, down the 6th Street and did a couple more open carry marches. You know, I think we can send some of these people back to California. <laughs> <laughs> some of the Californians would get scared. Exactly. Send them run. back. The center back, yeah. Tails between their legs. We need to start. We need to get back to the basics. Get back to the basics. Doing some open carry marches and just you know just walking on down SoCo, going down downtown, you know going over Sixth Street, hanging out a little bit, and you know having a little walk, a little little walk see. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. And I think it's a very good idea because uh, you know we're getting this this problem of I'm seeing I'm getting so many different complaints of and a couple of different things. People are. You know, moving in new apartment complexes or they're renting, leasing or whatever, which is part of the problem. You need to try to buy your own property, but they're renting or leasing or whatever. And they're having to sign a lease that says no firearms allowed. That's become a serious problem here in Austin. And, you know, we're it, it's we're getting into this little thing here. And it's it's, you know, Austin's going the really the wrong direction and really fast. It's so trendy to try and <laughs> not let people carry their guns. Yeah. I don't know. So hip. So I, I can see people getting evicted and all that good kind of stuff. But, you know, we'll see how this how this plays out. But I'm starting to see this happen a lot more. I'm starting to listen to a lot of complaints that people are having about this. So we'll see what happens. I don't think that many people actually read their lease that well either. You know, they wait until they actually sign the lease and then realize, oh, my God. You know, it says in the lease here, no firearms allowed. And they do that in the poor communities as well. If you go to East Austin, you look at anyone's lease at East, East Austin there. Who lives? Who lives in housing? Government housing. It actually says it in their lease. In Is government that a housing. Stipulation of government housing. It says it in the lease. Every lease I've looked at, it said it in their lease. Now that's way different than private property. Yeah, oh yeah. Way different. Yeah. Wake up and smell the coffee. Because <laughs> uh, you know, I actually get it. I go over there and I take a look. I sit down. I talk to people. You know, well, show me your lease. You know, let me see what this looks like. And I was surprised. Shocked. That's a shame. 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 <laughs> Shame. 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 That's back on, by the way, tonight. Is it? That's yep. right. Episode Game of three. Thrones, baby. Yeah. That's, uh-huh. Yeah. The, well, yeah. Actually, I got a little message from one of my family members whose name I'm not going to mention, who said that um, I, you know, I shouldn't watch Game of Thrones. I was like, oh, my God. Can you? Why do we have to make everything about race? I like Game of Thrones. I want to watch Game of Thrones. Let's not make everything about race. Oh no, you got the, you know, the the lady who's um the the, the dragon mother and she's, you know, over the, you know, the 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 what what are those guys called? The unsullied. The unsullied. Mm-hmm. And they're the nutless, you know, black men. <laughs> I'm like, God, why do we have to make everything about race? I don't want no. I just want to watch the show. I like Game of Thrones. There's nutless white men in that show as well. <laughs> they're a little more Paris. nutless on there. I'm like, oh my goodness. No, don't make it about race. Let me just enjoy the show for this moment. I just need an hour. An hour and one day on Sunday, you know? To not have to deal about race. Yeah, so I actually, I really love that show. I can't, yeah, I love Game of Thrones. I, I, I'm getting hooked on a lot of shows that are on, on like, uh, Showtime and HBO and stuff like that. Yeah, HBO is so liberal, though. Those other shows that they play, like that one with, what's her I name? Love seeing, that I love watching woman, them whine. Lena Dunham. Oh. I like watching them whine, though, you know? They are very whiny. Oh, they're very whiny. Uh-huh. And, and, and you know what else is getting like that, too? Uh, what's that new channel? The channel, uh, God, the weed channel. All you do is weed stuff. 
Weed? Yeah, they did a lot of weed stuff. I, just because I'm a libertarian doesn't mean you... I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we both look like, at him. <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> That's all they do. They talk about a lot of weed. I can't think of the name of the channel. Someone at the... You know, send something on Facebook and tell me what channel Snoop, that is. Snoop Dogg. No, 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 no. Hey, Maybe. him and Martha Stewart are actually making that show. <laughs> I will watch that. Yeah, that's fun. it's a funny show. Which one of these people are convicted felons? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I can't help myself sometimes. Oh, man. All right, so what else is going on in the news? All right, so you're talking about Oregon. Did you find what we're looking about? Looking so, for let me pull that up again. It's in California law by allowing... Basically, the NRA is saying that they're against it. Right, which they should be. Yeah. That, you that's know, just a basic... They should be. Yeah. Because usually, because uh, uh, I've had, I've had people, uh, how can I say this? I've had people actually come to me that have, that they've had issues and, you know, maybe had some problems going on in their life and they're like, hey, you know, I got some things going on. Can you do me a favor and hold on to my guns while I get through this? And then, you know, once I'm, you know, I get through this, you know, give them back to me and we'll do that, you know? And, and typically people will do that. And I've, I've never come across anyone. I've never seen anyone and maybe, you know, you have, but I haven't come across anyone um, yeah, that truly, you know, wants to go through it. If, if, if a person wants to commit suicide, then that person's going to do it. There's nothing that you can do to stop them. You know, if a person wants to go work through their problems to solve their problems, then they will, you know, try to solve those problems and solve those issues and, and work through it. Uh, but hey, if they're dead set on doing it, they're going to do it, whether it's with a gun or anything else. There's really nothing anyone could do to stop them from doing that. What else is going on? Um, let's see. Minneapolis candidate for mayor wants to take police and strip them of their sidearm. Okay. Yeah, that he's an idiot. <laughs> okay. That, that's so, an idiot oh, right you there. can protect yourself with a nightstick or pepper spray. No, that's an idiot. Uh -huh. No, you're a fool. <laughs> I don't think so. Raymond Dean. Yeah, he's a dummy. Another thing that went on in Texas was that the... Department of Public Safety is now going to charge local governments to use their labs. They should. Uh, because, uh, like, the city of Austin, which is one of the things the city of Austin needs to worry about is testing those rape kits. You know, they, they still haven't done those that Those ones growing mold on them? Oh, yeah, yeah, the rape kits, you know. <laughs> They're so worried about everything else. We're going to fix the environment. We're going to worry about everything else in Austin, Texas. Uh, don't worry about the environment. Just test the rape kits so we can figure out where all the rapists are. Do me that favor, Mayor. <laughs> All right, this is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Gordon Deal. Join me weekdays for This Morning, America's First News. Hear the stories you'll be talking about and searching for all day as we go beyond the headlines and above the chatter. Weekdays at 5 on Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're back and we're talking about campus carry of the Texas Community Colleges, which go into effect Tuesday, August the 1st of 2017. That's right. So if you have a license to carry handgun, you will be able to carry your handgun concealed inside of a building of a community college, just like you could on the public universities that went into effect August 1st of 2016. So now this week, 
Tuesday, August the 1st of 2017, ACC. If you're going to ACC, you're a student at ACC, you're a parent, you are a visitor, you have a license to carry handgun, you'll be able to carry your handgun concealed inside of a building of Austin Community College. And I guess some people, some professors are saying they're going to quit. Why? <laughs> What's their reasoning? Is it just they don't like the Second Amendment? No, or are they afraid that a student's going to pull a gun on them? What's the reasoning? Because they're afraid a license holder's going to shoot them, you know. Yeah, the scary license holders. Oh. They fear. Okay. Yeah. I don't get it either. Because yeah, what would change? What's going to change? What makes this day different than any other day other than you'll be able to legally carry inside the building? Um, if you're crazy enough to shoot someone, you'd have done it before then. Yeah. You're not going to wait until it's legal for you to walk into the building. It's still illegal to murder someone. What a concept. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. It's insane. What else is going on in the world? What we got? Nothing. Nothing. What you got? Nothing. What else is going on? In current events. In current events. Yeah. What's going on? <clears throat> Because uh, you were just telling me about you know, some people had said that uh, that Trump, once Trump made that announcement about the transgender, they said something about what people are just going to chop their penises off now. Well, they're not going to chop it off. They'll just start cross-dressing to avoid the draft saying that they're going through a transition. And that makes no sense whatsoever. You know, who's going to go through that trouble of chopping their penis off? That makes no <laughs> sense. That, Do they check? And I, actually, I want some of these people that said that if Trump becomes the president, they were going to leave the country. I'm waiting for them to leave. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. I'm still waiting for the Hollywood walkout because I'm ready for some new people in my movies. It seems like it's been the same old people in there. Yeah. I mean, come on. Show me something. Leave. Waiting on you. (laughs) Uh, See ya. Don't let the door not beat you with a good Lord split you. I can't say that enough. Bye. (laughs) Bye, Felicia. (laughs) Oh, man. I tell you, you guys are killing me today. All right. So, yeah. So, uh, Someone's saying uh, about uh, open carry. You cannot open carry on a college campus. It has to be concealed. Nope. Okay. Um, let's say, let me, let me give you this scenario here. Open carry. Let's say you're, you have your handgun in the open on the front seat of your vehicle, and you're driving through, say, you're approaching Austin Community College. Okay. You're approaching the college, and you have your handgun in the open. What you need to do is you need to make sure that handgun is concealed before you hit that co- that college campus, before you hit the street, sidewalk, walkway, parking lot, or garage. It needs to be concealed because if you are <clears> – <throat> even if you're in the parking lot and you're going from – you know, you're, you're taking your, your gun out of the – your backpack or whatever it is to conceal it on you, if it's in the open, you're actually committing a crime. All right, you're just going to set yourself up with some problems. You need to make sure you do a great job of concealing your handgun. Like I tell people, when you see me all day, every day, all the time, I'm wearing the same thing, red shirt, black pants. And I always have two handguns on me. So they're always concealed. You don't see them. You don't see any bulges or anything like that. So you need to make sure you, you do a great job of concealed carrying your handgun. There's no reason why you should not. So check yourself before you leave home, look in the mirror, do whatever you need to do, and make sure it stays concealed. Do not manipulate that firearm. Don't get into the habit of manipulating the firearm. Also at ACC campus, they have this uh, policy where they want the trigger guard area to to be covered with the holster. So make sure you do that. So those little holsters that you get 
where you just use the screw to clip to the gun. You know, even though the, the in the eyes of the state of Texas, you know, you can legally that's a holster. But when it comes to certain colleges, they don't like that. So you can't use that at certain colleges. So just make sure, you know, save yourself some trouble, save yourself some time and make sure that you uh, do a good job of concealing your handgun and no one sees it. That's the whole purpose. And, and I know that, you know, my license holders will do a great job. They've been doing a great job so far for an entire year at the University of Texas and other colleges, public universities in the state of Texas. We've had campus care for an entire year now, as of August the 1st, and we haven't had any incidents whatsoever. Nothing major, just some little minor issues of there was one incident I can think of when some reporter came to town to do a report, uh, one of the national outlets to do a report on campus carry. They asked one of the students who they were interviewing to show them their gun, and that caused a big stir, and they even wanted to expel this student. I don't know what came of it or what happened, but I don't think the student I don't think the student was expelled or anything like that. But, you know, just don't do things like that. Don't let someone manipulate you. You know what the law is. Don't let them trick you into doing something that you know is wrong. All right. So just do the right things. Make sure your intentions are good and we'll have anything to worry about. With, you know, it's just like in 1995 when the. Conceal handgun license law went into effect in 1995. People said, oh, my God, at every red light, every stop sign, there's going to be blood in the street. You know, people are concealing their they're going to be able to carry a handgun on them everywhere. Grocery stores. We're just going to have all kinds of problems. Oh, my God. And none of that. Nothing <laughs> came to, you know, nothing happened of it. We didn't have it. There, there was nothing. It came and it went. And same thing with open carry. Oh, my goodness. The city of Austin, I think they lost their ever-loving mind when you talked about open carry on January the 1st, 2016. Oh, my God. Open carry is going to go into effect. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, people started educating themselves on what the gun laws were. Before then, no one even knew what you know different laws were. But then all of a sudden, when you talked about open carry, all of a sudden, everyone, you know, we need to get a sign. Well, what did you do before open carry went into effect? Before open carry went into effect at a lot of the churches, I spent my time going to different churches in Austin, you know, talking to them about the gun laws. And the one question I would ask them before open carry went into effect, what did you guys do at this church? They're like, nothing. Then what does it change now? If you don't want to see the gun, just put a 30.07 sign up or tell your congregation you don't want open carry. You can give them verbal notice, whatever. That verbal notice carries more weight then the sign in a lot of places, in some places. And that seems to be a, a question with someone, someone's asking right now, um, what is the punishment for, you know, the different signs and stuff like that? All right, so we'll, let's, let's talk about the punishment. All right, so this is not campus carry, but this is just the punishment for the 30.06 and 30.07 sign. All right, so right now, if, when it comes to the punishment, if it is listed in 46035, that's 46.035, unlawful carrying of a handgun by a license holder, if it's listed in that section um, where it, they're talking about, you know, alcohol, they're selling alcohol, and they post a 3.06, 3.07 sign, you know, that's it, the punishment's a class A misdemeanor. If it's in a church, if it's a, at an amusement park, and they post a sign, the punishment for you to carry for carrying there is going to be a class A misdemeanor. That's up to a year in jail. OK, so if it's not listed in 46035, if it's not listed in there at all in that section, like a regular office office building like this building where we are today, we're at we're in Westlake, right across the street from Westlake High School. 
All right, so we're in an office building there. So in this office building, if someone decides to post a 3006 sign at the entrance or 07 sign and we carry in here anyway, the punishment is a Class C misdemeanor, a Class C. So simple citation because it's not listed in 46035. So it's not listed in any of those places there. It's just a regular old business, so it's a Class C. So, But if, if you go, if I walk out of here and I go into the... 7-Eleven, where they sell alcohol in the 7-Eleven, they decide to post an 07 sign. I open carry anywhere. The punishment is a Class A misdemeanor. So it's going to be a little different because that is listed in 46035. So I hope that clears it up just a little bit because the punishment is a little different. It has been reduced for certain things, you know, regular businesses like, you know, if I go to this little coffee shop, that you know, on Congress Avenue, they don't sell alcohol there. They just sell sandwiches and coffee and things like that. They decide to post an 06 or 07 sign. I carry anyway. The punishment is a Class C misdemeanor. That's a traffic ticket. Basically. Simple traffic ticket. That's it. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> that's it. What's the fee for that? Do you know off the top um, of your head? No, not to exceed a $200 fine. Not to exceed a $200 fine. So it's not, it's, it's you know, people need to, you know, just come to class. Come to class. Let us talk to you about these laws. Let's educate you a little bit on what the laws are, and we can ease all those fears. It's going to be okay. You know, on Tuesday, when campus carry goes into effect for our community colleges, you know, it, I don't care what teacher, professor, you know, stands up in front of their class and makes whatever announcement they want to make. They can ask you, are you caring? You don't have to answer. The only person you have to answer to is law enforcement. If a law enforcement officer asks you or an official asks you for any identification at all, and you're carrying a handgun, then you have to produce that handgun license. Outside of that, you don't have to tell anyone else that you're carrying a gun. So they can sit there in class and ask you, are you carrying a handgun? You have to tell me. They don't, you don't have to tell them diddly squat. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. If every talk radio program were the same, what would be the point? The Michael Berry Show is a little bit different. We're going to talk about politics, but we'll also talk about how great it is to live in Texas. Weekdays, 5 to 7 on Talk 1370. It's the Michael Berry Show. Hey, Austin, wake up and fly right on Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. Get knocked down, get back up again. All right, so we're back and we're talking about campus care for Texas Community Colleges, which goes into effect Tuesday, August the 1st of 2017. That's right. So campus carry goes into effect. We'll be able to carry handguns inside of college campus. Now, I, was, I, had, a, I had a couple uh, from, from Paris, I think it was, uh, that was here at Central Texas Gun Works this week. And I was telling them about the campus carry and how that, you know, went into effect a year ago and how it's going into effect for our community colleges here uh, this week. And he said, oh, my God, why would you need a gun in, at a college campus? I, I've never when I was at campus, I didn't think of, you know, ever having a, a gun on a campus. I said, well, you know, it's, it's our rights, you know, and that's why in the United States, that's why whenever other countries 
have problems, they need help, we would come to save them. You know, that's like we've saved you before. So because we have rights here and we have a constitution. And so they sat back and they, they didn't say anything after that. <laughs> Got real quiet. Got real quiet. Yeah. Because we'll be here to save you. <laughs> All right. So uh, and you, you're asking, I'm sorry, what were you asking now? You were saying about on the campus? So are there secure areas that you can't bring it on campus? They're not necessarily uh, secure areas, but there are areas that where you would not be able to take it on campus, like a lab or like what you were saying, um, daycares, uh, hospitals and places like that. There would be certain places. And then on UT campus, what they've decided is they allow the professors to um, not allow it inside their office. Okay. So that's fair. Yeah. Which is which. Mm. Which is a good one because it's like you can't bring it to the office. Okay. <laughs> I don't want a scary gun in my office. <laughs> You're not going to search me. No, never mind. No comment. <laughs> so, yeah. So they, that's what they did there. So that's how that works. And it's, it, it's confusing. I hope that we eventually, uh, one session, come up with some universal way of doing this. Because, you know, if, at Texas Tech University, you have a student at Texas Tech University. There's a policy there at Texas Tech. And then your parent that goes visit your your kid or your kid at Texas Tech decides to visit their sibling at University of Texas. The policy is a little different at UT, and that gets a bit confusing. So we need to come up with one way of doing this. Make it uniform. Exactly. There needs to be one law for all the campuses and just one policy, and it shouldn't be that confusing if I'm going from campus to campus. So you the state to tell everyone what to do instead no, of leaving it just it. needs to be it needs to be one way it really does not i ne- i don't want there should be no limitations at all don't get me wrong i mean my goodness we need to open the doors open the gates and say hey let us let's go in so I, I think we should be to carry everywhere hospitals you know bars i think we should be to carry everywhere i'm all about it that's what i thought <laughs> I'm right there with you. All right, that's what I'm talking about. That's right. Let's let's do this. All right. So now um, we do have a Texas Law Shield. There was a a member story from Texas Law Shield. Young man was getting gas at a gas station, and someone tried to take his vehicle. And I want you to listen to this story from Sherry Hale with Texas Law Shield as she uh, lines us out and tells us what happens. And also, you hear an interview from the young man that had to use his gun for force to stop someone from stealing his vehicle. Hey, Central Texas Gunworks, Sherry Hale here, Texas Law Shield's member ambassador. I love this facility. I know that you're in good hands with great instructors. I just want to give you a shout out and say thank you for being armed and educated. And here's some content that I think you will love. Welcome members and fellow gun owners. Picture this with me. The grocery store you visit down the street from your house. The park where you take your kids to play. The gas station you always fill up with because they have the best prices. We all have our normal routines, but all it takes is one criminal to disrupt that routine and take us out of our comfort zone. Are you prepared? Our member Tyler was, and I got to personally interview him and get a first-hand experience of what happened. It was definitely extremely random to happen, but it did happen. Our member Tyler showed me exactly where he was forced to draw his firearm when he saw somebody trying to steal his car. Tyler was at a gas station and paying for his water when he noticed the light to his car was on. 
So at that point, I unholstered my gun. I told the clerk to call the police, and I stormed outside. The criminal would not listen to Tyler with a gun pointed at him, so Tyler thought what any of us would. I was drawn on him the whole time. You know, he wouldn't listen. I just told him to keep your hands still. He wouldn't listen. Uh, I really sincerely thought I was going to have to shoot him. Did you ever think about being a Texas Law Shield member whenever all this was unfolding? Absolutely. Being a Texas Law Shield member, that was going to be my next call after the police, after I had actually shot this guy, if I had to. Tyler didn't think this would happen to him, but it did. The truth is, this could happen to any one of us. Tyler told me that even in this frightening situation, he remained calm and confident, that he knew what to do, and more importantly, that Texas and U.S. Law Shield would have his back. Tyler gained his confidence by being armed with knowledge by reading our member-exclusive newsletters. Follow us on Facebook to ensure that you are up to date on the latest laws. Remember, criminals never take a vacation. Be armed, stay educated, and get protected with U.S. Law Shield. All right, got to stay vigilant. Got to take a, take a class. You need to come to the different um, seminars that we put on around the state uh, with Texas Law Shield and definitely stay educated about the laws. Uh, the laws change every two years in the state of Texas. Once this special session is over, hopefully there's not another extended special session. And so we'll be able to educate you on any changes of this session that, that just ended. So definitely, you know, take a look, go to our website and sign up for the different, you know, seminars that we put on around the state. Also, we have one at Central Texas Gunworks once a month to educate you on some of the laws. You can actually talk to an attorney. Stop talking to these people on Facebook and asking them legal questions. You know, talk to an attorney. Get get your question answered from an actual attorney, not someone online on Twitter or Facebook. Because you know, I see a lot of wrong information that's, that's generated. You know, my family, we just experienced a one-year anniversary. One-year anniversary that I hope that no one, you know, no one else out there would have to, ex- you know, experience. And at this weekend was our one-year anniversary of some individuals trying to do a home invasion of my parents' house. It was actually one year ago yesterday. It had just passed. And so, you know, it's, it's something that we had to plan for. You plan for it, you know, throughout the entire weekend. You wonder if something's going to happen. You know, you, you wonder some type of retaliation because the mother of the young man that was shot, she does sit outside my parents' house. Still? Still. 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 So, you know, is this something that you, you know, you, you think about, you know, and we, you know, my parents still wake up at three o'clock in the morning, you know, and it, it that's, you know, that's still there where they, that stuff, it still affects them even a year later. And so you know, I hope that no one else has experienced that one year anniversary, but there's something that you have to plan for. Um, it's something that you, you know, you may have to go to counseling, things of that nature, uh, my parents, my family go uh, have gotten counseling, and so and they're continuing on with their lives, and they're doing great one year after you know their attempted home invasion. And so I'm very grateful of Texas Law Shield because they were there for my parents. Actually, U.S. Law Shield was there for my parents, where the attorney actually was there and talked for my parents to law enforcement, talked to the DA's office, and actually got my parents' gun back. For them, 
because they lost their gun. Um, it was take, you know, taking you know, as part of evidence, and which is what happens. And so that stuff can happen to you. And a lot of people criticize. I get a lot of criticism from people that complain about the fact that I allow Law Shield into my class, you know, to you know to talk to the students. And I honestly think I would be a fool to not give you the full toolbox of what you need to protect yourself and also protect your family. I'm going to tell you what the laws are, what you can and cannot do under the Texas laws and take you to the range, teach you how to shoot. It's very easy for me to teach someone how to kill someone. That is very simple. It's a very easy concept. It takes a short amount of time for me to teach you about your front sight, your rear sight, and how to kill someone and stop a threat. But the hardest thing in the world for me to do is teach you how not to pull that gun out. And after explaining all that stuff to you, spending four hours, six hours, at one time it was 15 hours in a classroom of talking to you about the laws, what you can, you cannot do, marksmanship, conflict resolution, de-escalation of a situation, giving you different scenarios, all that, I still, even today, will get people that will give me a call, you know, whether it's once a week, once a month or whatever, and, and ask me, hey, Michael, something just happened right now. Um, what do I do? And the first thing I'll ask them is when you're in class, did you get Texas Law Shield? Did you get Texas or U.S. Law Shield? Because I would be a fool to not give you that whole package. I give you everything else. I need to introduce you to a legal team because you need to dial 911 first and then call your attorney. That is the best thing I can do for you because when you once something has happened and you call me, Michael, this just happened right now. Someone just, just you know, I just accidentally discharged my firearm. The first thing I'm going to ask you, did you get Texas Law Show? Because I'm not an attorney. I cannot give you legal advice. And I get phone calls Every week from people that need legal advice and I cannot give it to you. So that's the best thing I can do for you. Get Texas Law Show. Get something. Get yourself legally protected. It's very cheap. My parents didn't have to pay for anything. Nothing at all. The attorneys took care of everything. My parents went to jail that day to, to the police station. They were separated in separate vehicles, hauled off to a police station. Their house was searched at 4 o'clock in the morning. Their gun was taken from them. That could happen to you. could happen to your parents. You could be fingerprinted, booked, spend the night in jail, have to bail yourself out of jail. That is a process. It is not up to the police officer that arrives at the scene to determine whether or not you did anything wrong. That's going to be up to the DA and the grand jury. So you are going to go to jail. You're going to go to jail. And so you're going to need your attorney. So dial 911 first, then call your attorney. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
check in and stay up to date all day long. In the car, on my way to work, heading home. Listening online keeps you in touch while you work at Talk1370.com. Get it right now. Talk 1370. Anywhere I need. The right choice. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 